We often hear people wishing us a long, happy, and healthy life. But what if the length isn't what matters most? What if instead, it's the breath, depth, and purpose of each day that matters most? Welcome to the Live the Width of Your Life podcast. My name is Annette Ardellian Kuzma, and join me weekly as I interview guests who make changes in their own lives to live more fully with intention, gratitude, and joy. Be prepared to be inspired by their stories of how they shifted their mindset, took courageous action, and designed the life that they always wanted to live. Today's guest on the podcast is Gabe Bieber. Gabe is a 20-year-old searching for truth through people's journeys and stories. He's passionate about empowering young people to pursue their dreams and redefine success. Since creating the Bridge podcast when he was 17 years old, he's connected with some of the world's most interesting and successful people. He's found that there is no universal truth or definition of success. Every person has a unique perspective. His mission in life is to provide a platform for those unique stories to be heard and propel listeners to redefine success in their own lives. He recently spoke at a TED and he talked about redefining success and falling in love with the process. The motto that he lives by is do the opposite, whether that be completing crazy workouts, jumping in a freezing cold lake, or interviewing the most successful entrepreneurs. Welcome, Gabe. Hi, Gabe. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to have you here with me today. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm uh... I'm super grateful to be here today, and I'm excited um, for this journey that you're you're on with the podcast. So, <laughs> well, I'm super excited to have you here because you are a veteran podcaster with your brother Sam. So I have a lot to learn from you, and I thought it would be important to share at least with the audience that you are one of my godsons and so excited to have you here because you are doing so many amazing things in your life at such a young age. And I learned from you, you're very wise for your age. And um, so I know that we're going to get a lot of really interesting things during today's conversation. Thank you. You're welcome. So Tell us a little bit about you. Like, tell us a little bit about your background and what are some of the things that you like to share with people about yourself? Yeah. So what I like to say is I'm a a 20-year-old searching for truth through people's journeys and stories. And my mission is to empower young people to pursue what they're passionate about and also redefining success. Um, I'm a current college student. Um studying communications and leadership. And I enjoy, I enjoy doing hard things. That's something that um, I like to put out there. And yeah, I really, I'm attracted to people who do the opposite in whatever field they're doing. And usually that comes through the podcast that I host called The Bridge, which uh, we've been doing for almost three years now. So yeah, that's, that's who I am. Oh my God. I love that you can articulate who you are so concisely and so precisely. So let's go back a little bit and let's start talking about your journey. So, um, can we go to our first session that we had when you were in high school? So you reached out to me and you wanted to spend some time just talking through 
maybe college and what you were going to study and, and some of the other things that were on your heart and on your mind that day. So do you want to share a little bit about that session and who you were, like how you were different then than you are today? Yeah. So I reached out to Nasha, my godmother, and uh, I had seen that her life had shifted a lot now that she was in meditation, life coaching. And I was curious of why she did the things that she did. And so when the opportunity came where I could go see her, um, I wanted to hear her thoughts about, you know, what, not what I should do, but just like to talk, bounce ideas off of you for where to go to school and stuff. And um, yeah, that the sessions quickly turned into like what I wanted from life, my goals, my dreams, and also overcoming a lot of fear. I remember doing a lot of fear exercises with you. The coaching and those meetings turned into something I probably never would have expected. And I know looking back on it, if like if I knew three years ago, like the things that I'd accomplish and do at that moment, I'd be like, no way. Like you're lying. No way. Uh And so that's exactly what happened. Oh my gosh. I remember that first session because, um, I'm really optimistic. So I, I always tell people you can do anything you want to do. And I remember your, where you wanted, where you were then. And some of the things you initially wanted to do is you wanted to share inspirational quotes or videos or things that you had read because you're a big reader on social media. And we did do a fear exercise because I saw that what was keeping you stuck was really your mindset around what others, how others would perceive you doing that. So can you walk us through maybe some of the the mindset that you were in at the time and how you're able to overcome some of that? Yes, yeah, so I was definitely insecure and I I really valued what people thought of me a lot. And I think that stemmed from when I was a child going through school and stuff, I knew that if I people pleased everyone and made everyone happy, that I would receive praise. And uh, that's something that I continued to do as I was older. But what I started realizing was I got so caught up in what others thought about me that I didn't really know who I was myself. And so Mm -hmm. during high school, when I stopped playing sports, I think I had to take a good look in the mirror and ask myself, like, who am I? And once I started asking these questions, that's when I really figured out who am I? What do I stand for? What does living a life of meaning and purpose look like for me? And I think that's how I my mindset shifted. And then rather looking at what if everything goes wrong, taking the perspective of what if everything goes right? And that's exactly what, what happened. And I found my voice and I found strength and vulnerability and sharing my own story. And so that's exactly what I do on my social media, through the podcast and through everyone I connect with. Um, I show up as my authentic self and uh, that's where I'm at. Oh my God, you absolutely do. And um, I know that in high school, one of the challenges that happened, as you just alluded to, is that you stopped playing sports because you had an injury. How did that injury and something that seemed devastating to you at the time, if I remember, how did that actually serve as a catalyst for you to do some of this other work? Well, so I had, I played football and basketball my whole life. And then I 
had concussions, stopped playing football, and then I injured my low back and stopped playing basketball. And what I realized is that there was never a time in my life where I had time to do things. It was always rushing to practice, like three to five practice, five to seven practice. And I never had time to sit with myself, sit with my thoughts and ask myself the questions of what do I like to do? What are some of my hobbies outside of sports? And so when I first got injured, I it was devastating. And I remember I spent nights crying. I remember memories, like times of me in my dad's basement, just on my knees, like asking God, like, why? Like, why did this have to happen to me? Why did I get sports taken away? And what I realized was I was definitely getting my my direction for my life shifted. And so I started diving into more reading, more listening to podcasts, listening to unique stories. And that's where my, my journey really begun, transforming myself into someone different. Mm. Do you think that... Um... If you continued to play sports, if you didn't have to stop, do you think that you would still be on the same journey or would it just have been delayed? I think whatever happens is the right thing that happens. So yes and no. I think that I would be doing the same things, but might have taken me longer to realize. Um, Mm -hmm. Probably would have had a lot more concussions too. So maybe I would have been (laughs) too okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. So... You started posting, and do you remember the very first post or video that you put out there? Yeah, it was uh, it was a video of me and Sam after we had worked out, and uh, we finished working out like an hour before, and we were in some back room at the local YMCA, and I record a video upside down on accident, and we're talking about positivity and spreading messages of that because social media is such a negative place where people portray like all these different things and we wanted to portray something that was real and like the truth and uh that was one of the the first posts i made Mm. so were you nervous before before you put it out there yeah yeah. And I had, we had technology issues. So it was like, I had a lot of excuses to like <laughs> not do it. Yeah. Um, but once I put it out there, I was like, all right, you know, like this is meaningful stuff. I can't really go wrong with like posting meaningful stuff. Mm-hmm. And now I'm at the point where it's like, you know, I, I post every single day and I know I'm posting good stuff and I'll never not. Oh my, you absolutely are posting good stuff. What was the feedback? So you had in your mind, you were worried about what people would think you delayed doing it. So what was the response when you first posted something? Yeah, so I definitely got a lot of good feedback um, from people who I knew well and people who I didn't know that well. But I took the the criticism. I, I, I'd say I magnified the criticism more than looked at the, the good mm. feedback. And I even remember... Um, being with my friends one day, like we're at the soccer field, like playing soccer after a game. And it was me hanging out with a a different group of friends. And I told my buddy, I was like, yeah, it was like so cool that we hung out like with that group. They were so nice. He goes, yeah, like they thought you were going to be some preacher dude because of the stuff you post on your Instagram. And (laughs) I told them you're not like that in person. And so I like magnified situations like that. And I would overthink it and stuff. Mm. But what I realized is that I didn't want to be like everyone else. And I knew that I was different and uh, I had a responsibility to embrace my my uniqueness and share my story. So 
Gotcha. So tell me what, and what, what prompted you to start a podcast and um, how old were you when you and Sam started your podcast, The Bridge? I was 17. Okay. Yeah, 17. Sam and I were just having these very impactful conversations and we thought that we knew that each other benefited from them. And we thought, mm-hmm. man, if we could just impact one person's life, how much it could affect someone by just having this platform. And what we we quickly realized is that we'd impacted each other through it. And so we just continued to post episodes, talk to each other. And this was at a time too when COVID had hit a bit. So Sam and I were both reading new things, trying new experiences. And so we both had conversations and we realized that we wanted to incorporate guests and stuff for them to share their story, their truth. And uh, yeah, that's what happened. And something that, I mean, my whole life, I've loved to to talk to people, to hear their stories, hear their truth. So it was kind of uh, a natural next move for me, I'd say. Yeah, I can attest to you liking to ask questions and talk as a little kid. <laughs> yeah. Love that. Um, and Actually, your podcast was the very first podcast that I ever was a guest on. So full circle, (laughs) full circle moment here. It was awesome. Yeah. So tell me how many episodes, how many um, have you guys done so far? So we're at 127, I think. Mm -hmm. And um, we've interviewed over 60 people, 60 or 70. Um, yeah, it's been a, a wild journey. And I, Sam and I have, Sam hasn't interviewed as much as I have because he's uh, building his business and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I think that we've had the chance to interview some of the most unique people in the world. So yeah. it's been a, an awesome, an awesome experience. I've been so impressed by the people that you've brought onto your show. How do you um, find the guests that come onto your show? So... As I mentioned earlier, I'm attracted to people who are doing the opposite and who are doing hard things or not the the norm, not conforming to society. And so I most of it's a cold DM on Instagram. Um, <laughs> some of it is friends of friends that say like, hey, you need to hear this guy's story. Um, I recently interviewed um, my friend Mark, who was a friend of someone I went to school with, and he uh, walked across America. So I got to interview him. And so I think definitely um, just the cold outreach and it works. So and it works. Are, so what is, what's the response when someone sees a DM and you introduce yourself and you say, hey, you know, want you to come onto my podcast. So because um, this before a couple of years ago, you were worried about posting anything. And now you're just reaching out to folks on Instagram. So what is the response been? Oh, it's been great. Um, most of the time, I, I if I get a response, um, it's 99% of the time a, a yes. Um, I think that transparency is something that matters a lot when you reach out to these people. And I also don't send people like essays to read because nobody has time to read essays. Right. Um, Um, And I'm just very authentic that, hey, I'm a 20-year-old like searching for truth. I'd love to like provide a platform for your story. And I'm super curious and interested of how you got to where you are. Um, So that's kind of what I put out there. Um, So now everybody knows my secret so they can do that. Start your podcast. (laughs) There you go. Um, So after interviewing over 60 or 70 people, what are some of the top lessons, things, themes or lessons that people share over and over again that that you think you'd want to share with this audience? First, the money doesn't matter. Mm. What do you mean by that? All the people I've interviewed, 
I've interviewed millionaires, billionaires. I've interviewed people who are college students. I've interviewed people who are C-suite level, professional downhill skateboarders, makeup artists. Um, They don't, at the forefront of what they do is not for the money. And they truly love what they do. And that's why they can push through the struggle and the suffering and the hard times to get where they need to go. And then another lesson would be is that they put the human first in others, um, whether that be their their workers, their employees, or people they connect with. It's a very pay it forward community. Mm-hmm. And so they really value the human first and their kind and have those values. Yeah, I think just the idea of being authentic and genuine mm-hmm. shows up a ton as well. Um, and just embracing who you are. At the end of the day, like no one really knows the right thing to do. Just <laughs> you do, you know? Yeah. So that's that's a commonality that comes up. I love it. So um, do you still have bad days? Do you have days where you doubt or you struggle at all? Absolutely, I have bad days. And what um, are some of the things that you do to overcome that? Because I know you've got a lot of routines and you read a lot. So what are some of the things that you've done that really seems to help? Well, some days I just sit with it. Mm -hmm. I lay in bed, I do nothing. I sleep all day, I watch TV, and uh, I listen to my body. And I think that's something that over the years, I've grown and matured in that area where I know the days where I can push and I know other days where it's time to rest. And me taking a day to rest, yeah, I might take two steps backwards, but my next five steps forward are gonna be a lot more productive a lot better because I took that day of rest rather than me pushing it. So I listen to myself. I listen to my body. I listen to my intuition. Um, and then other days when I when I'm not feeling it, I hop in the cold plunge. I do breath work or I, you know, decide that I'm going to run 12 miles when I haven't ran in six months. I don't know. But yeah, that's that's what I do. Oh my gosh, I love it. So tell me a little bit. I see all these people doing their cold plunges and I've tried the cold shower. I've not submerged myself. So tell me about how... I've heard it's very addictive. So tell me about why you like to do the cold plunge and some of the mental, physical, emotional benefits that you've experienced as a result of it. Yeah, so I love plunging and it is very addictive, like you mentioned. (laughs) I started doing the cold showers. I actually dabbled in that area when I was in eighth grade, I think. I saw some basketball trainers said to do like hot cold showers. So I did that a handful of times. But I watched right before COVID hit, I saw the Wim Hof documentary and I saw his spirit and this like no fear mentality. And I was like, I'm even getting the goosebumps. Sorry. I was like, <laughs> I, I want to be like him. And I know that he's human and he has the same wiring I do. So why can't I do that? And so I started doing the breath work, his breathing. And then I started going into the cold. And for me, um, it kind of simulates practice for life when uh, those external stressors come in. So like the cold is an external stressor and me putting my body in there, my heart rate wants to shoot up. I want to start hyperventilating, but I learned to control my breath and take deep breaths through it, which controls my heart rate, which allows me to, to go into the cold. And what I realized is that when a stressful situation happens outside of life, I just rely back on my breath, like deep inhalations, exhalations, slow my heart rate down. Um, but I, there are so many physical benefits like dopamine, epinephrine, all this stuff that you can find on the internet. I'm not really, I don't know all of it. I yeah. just, I, it feels good. So I do it. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's fantastic. So have you felt that um, it's actually improved your immune system too? I know that one of the benefits is that it helps your immune system not to get sick as often. Is that something that has happened? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't get sick. Um, And I used to get sick a lot as a child. And when I was younger, I had asthma and all these other things, allergies. And uh, I get sick maybe once a year and I just sleep all day and all night. And then I'm fine the next day. So definitely the cold, I can see that the breath work and the cold has helped my immune system. I'm going to try it again, Gabe. (laughs) I might need your encouragement. So what was cool when I was in, when I was visiting friends in Los Angeles was we did breath work together and then we plunged and he has a, a chest freezer and it's at like 37 degrees, 36, which is like cold. Mm-hmm. Um, and some people plunge for their first time. And it was just an amazing experience to be there and wa- watch it and uh, watch Mike coach people through it. And you realize that um, you can see the mental like hump that the people go over. And when they get out, it's like they realize like, yo, I just did this really hard thing. Like, I know I can do this next hard thing. And uh, that's it's an epic thing to watch and to be a part of so Mm. oh my gosh speaking of epic things you did your very first ted talk this year Mm. (laughs) so it was amazing and um i'm so happy to have watched your video i didn't get a chance to be there live but tell everyone about um about the experience how you're able to do this and just your preparation and then your experience delivering the TED talk. Yeah, so I was in class and someone mentioned and I'd seen posters how they were doing a TED event and so I knew I loved speaking and I wanted to get into it so I thought this would be a great thing to apply for to get into. So I applied and I initially didn't get in um and they emailed me back to see if I wanted to MC, I think it's called, like the announcer person. Yeah. And I told them no, that I didn't want to do that. (laughs) (laughs) I said, I told them I I don't want to announce people's names. I forget things easily. Like, I don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. And then uh, they emailed me back. I don't know how far out it was saying that like a spot opened up and I was going to be able to to speak. And so then it was like I had a million ideas of things I wanted to talk about. Um, cause I'm very passionate about a lot of things. And so I spent a lot of time in meditation, journaling, reading some of my, my prior work that I've done. And I got set on the topic of redefining success, happiness, and, uh, living a life of purpose, I think mm. was what it was. And so funny story though, the day before Ted, I worked out with Sam, my brother, and, uh, I hurt like I re-injured my back again. I not like and so I couldn't walk. And the night before I I was like popping Advil. Like I couldn't I didn't sleep the night before. So yeah, I didn't sleep the night before my TED talk. And I showed up and I remember being backstage. Um and I went to go like bend over to like pray and I couldn't bend over to pray. So I was like <laughs> I was sitting straight up, like with my eyes closed, like saying a prayer, like doing meditation. And so then I just went out there and I talked about the things I wanted to talk about, redefining success, falling in love with the process. And uh, it was amazing. And after it happened, I was like, I want to do this again. <laughs> so, <laughs> Of course you do. So what mm-hmm. is your next step there? What, where, um, how do you get onto the TED Talk circuit, first of all? How do you, um, can you just find one in another city or what is the next step to do another one? Um, I'm not completely sure. I know that they'd go to different schools and stuff and I imagine they'll be back. 
I don't know how many years they do in between at the school you're at, but um, I definitely want to get more into to speaking and stuff. But that I'm still, you know, I'm still working on publishing my book. So my plan is to to do the book and then speak about the book. You know, I so. love it. Your marketing plan. So tell everyone a little bit more about your book. Like, how did you let's go back? Because I remember <laughs> you came, you called me once and you said, Hey, Nasha, which means godmother in Romanian. And you said, I think I want to write a book. And I said, Yeah, you absolutely should write a book. <laughs> and uh, so you uh, started working on your book. So tell us a little bit about the book and um, and what it's about. Well, I'll say this first. So I was, this was during COVID. I was half joking, half not joking. <laughs> uh, I was on a call with Nasha and I was like, hey, I want to write a book. And no hesitation, no like questioning. She just goes, your book's going to be amazing. Just write a thousand <laughs> words for 60 days and you'll do it. And so I sat there and I was like, all right, like someone put the the path down in front of me. Now I just got to go do it. Um, so I started writing and when I didn't have things to write about, I put myself in unique experiences that gave me things to write about, whether that was meditation, breath work, vulnerable conversations, um, even the, the mundane, you know, instead of picking up my phone when I had three minutes in between classes, just like look around, see what everybody else is doing. Look at the butterflies or something. Mm -hmm. Um, but a big part of me writing was to unpack my own journey and, uh, it made me take a look at my life. And it doesn't really matter what everybody else thinks about my book, just that the fact that I went through that journey and unpacked the things I went through as a child, as when I was younger, I made a lot of realizations um, mm -hmm. that I don't think I would have made if I didn't write about them. Um, so I wrote about that. And the book is just kind of like my thoughts, my journals, my uh, essays as a 19 year old and what like, what does purpose mean? What is happiness? What's like going through grief, stress, all these things. And I knew that as a 19 year old, 18, 19 year old, that I didn't experience a lot of things, but I'd also experienced a lot of things. And so I wanted to document that. And so that's what I did. And I've had, I've had basically a book in my Google Drive finished for like the past year. So I'm going to get that out to the world. And I think I just figured out my title too, but I'll tell you when we're not recording. Oh, not recording. Okay. <laughs> I'm excited. I can't wait to hear it. I'm so glad you brought up the book. Um, I wasn't sure if we were going to go there today because um, I think your book's amazing. And I think that it's such an interesting story to have someone who's 18, 19, 20, as you're editing it as a young adult, really talking about the things that are important to you. Because I think it, the way, if I remember the way it was separated, you talk about your health, your mental state, your uh, spirituality, faith, all of these things which are, um, they're really deep topics. And I think that they cover um, all ages. It's something that everyone can get something out of. So tell us a little bit more about your faith. I know that that's something that is a large part of your life. And how do you um, see that your faith helps you daily? Yeah, so I think um, my faith was like really tested when I was in high school, like when I started questioning, like, why are these things happening? Um and my faith continues to be tested throughout my life um, with things happening. But I think my faith is something that I just 
I just lean on like 24-7. Um, I think that I'm confident in my identity as a child of God. And I also think that, you know, everybody, a lot of people say like, you know, like God, like whatever your God is, like God, Allah, the universe, I think it all correlates. And I don't think that it's like an argument, like this is my God and your God's the wrong mm-hmm. God. It's it's not like that. I mean, we're called to do two things and that's to love our God and love our neighbor. Pretty simple mm-hmm. instruction. And so that's how I incorporate my faith through daily exercise, but also throughout my life is to love those around me. And I think it's important to to chase after big things because that's how you um, you can glorify your God is by doing having these God sized dreams. So mm, I love that. Thank you. Thanks so much for sharing that, Gabe. So what's next for you? What are some of the things that I don't know if you have a bucket list or how you keep track of all these hard things that you want to keep doing, because I see you doing a lot of them. So um, what's next? What are you willing to share? It's a great question. I think a lot of listening to my, my inner child is next. Um, been doing a lot of breath work and meditation and uh, listening to the things that I wanted to do as a child. And so I'm just going to continue to follow that that intuition, that, that gut feeling. Um, I know I was on a podcast yesterday, which was funny, and Travis asked the same thing to me. He's like, what's next, you know? Um, so yeah, I think I'm going to continue to do the opposite. And uh, when everybody goes left, go right, maybe do some long distance endurance stuff, speaking. I definitely want to get into facilitating breath work as well. That's something that's been on my my heart these past few months. Um, so I want to get into that and continue on this healing journey I'm on and share it, document everything and uh, just see where it takes me because I, I know it's going to take me to exciting and fun places. I have no doubt. <laughs> so as you think back, so you've been on this journey for a few years now and you've done so much in like over the last three years, you're 20. Just want to remind everyone. <laughs> so as you think about um, what advice would you give to your younger self? Is there anything that you wish you had um, known back then that you know now? Um, I think I'd just say to trust yourself in the decisions that you make. Um, I think in, in high school when I was younger, I was very curious, but um, I didn't share my my thoughts a lot because I thought that I was thinking the wrong way or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'd say continue to be curious um, with whatever that may be in your life. And that the one saying like this too shall pass is something Mm -hmm. I'd I'd tell my younger self. It's like this too shall pass. I love it. I love it. So I'm going to ask you a question. You know, the title of the podcast is live the width of your life. And it's based on a quote that says, um, I don't want to live my entire life and realize I just lived the length of it, but also that I'd live the width of it. What does it mean to you to live the width of your life? And how do you do that? It means to do more of the things that make you feel alive. I love that. And that's something that's been on my heart for a while now is doing things that like what makes you feel alive? Ask yourself that. Sit with it. And uh, what I realized is that when I'm having these types of conversations, when I'm with my friends, when we're talking about the deep stuff, when we're talking about, you know, like our traumas or what what we've gone through, um, those are the types of conversations and like spaces where I feel like I'm truly alive. 
And so living a life of like with is diving deep into myself to also share that experience with others. Yeah. And I'm, I'm pretty, I think that going inward is something that not a lot of people talk about, but I think that, um, when you go inward, you'll find everything that, that you need. So I think that's living, uh, a life of, and then also my mind is like ideas everywhere, but um, <laughs> definitely like doing service with others. Mm-hmm. That makes me come alive. Um, I realized that two weekends ago, um, I went to a conference all alone in, in Los Angeles and I met some like lifelong friends. And one of our activities was doing service. And uh, I got to know people so well. And it's like we bonded over giving back to the community. And I was like, what better way to like meet somebody and like get to know them in a shared experience doing service for others. So definitely service as well. I love it. Doing more of the things to make you come alive, going within and then giving back and being of service. I think that's a beautiful definition. And Gabe, tell us how we can support you. How can we find your podcast? How can we where can people follow you on your channels? And is there anything else that we can do to support you in your endeavors? You can support me by going after your dreams. That's, uh, <laughs> yeah. And then tell me about it. I love hearing people's stories. Um, and also, yeah, like reach out to me. I always reply to everyone. Um, and yeah, on socials, it's just Gabe.Beaver. Gabe Beaver, I'm on like TikTok, LinkedIn, all that good stuff. Um, and yeah, I think you can support me best by chasing after your own dreams. Well, we will definitely include all of your links in the show notes. I want to thank you for coming on today. Um, I always learn so much. I am so grateful to be your godmother. I just relish all of our time together and I'm so proud of you. I just am amazed at all of the things that you have done and you've learned at such a young age. And I know the best is yet to come onward and upwards. Thank you so much, Gabe. Have the most amazing day. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And I'm uh, super grateful to be here. And can I say one last thing before we end the recording? Of course. Okay. Um, I don't know where you are, where you're listening from, what you're doing, but you're worthy, you're loved, and you're enough. Mm. Um, That's on on my heart to share. And so I just want to echo that message. I don't know who you are, where you are. Maybe I do know who you are, but you're worthy, you're loved, and you're enough. So Mm. Beautiful. And those messages always find the people who need to hear it. And all Mm -hmm. of us need to hear that. That's something for all of us. I receive it. Gabe, I receive it (laughs) from you to me as well. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And um, we'll have you on soon to learn more about other things that you're doing. Thanks so much. Absolutely.